0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Lapdown Podcast. I am your host Jamie. Um, you may think thought that this sounded a little different, but your ears did not deceive you. Greg is out tonight; uh, he's got some stuff that he's got to take care of. So uh, I'm going to run the ship. Hopefully, we don't burn it to the ground. But as usual, we have uh, JP, we have Ben, we got Rumble, and we got Ryan Dyer on for tonight. Um, how, how is everything going on in the up and up in the northern plains of Canada? And Ryan, you're technically in the United States, but it might as well be South Canada with all the snow you're dealing with. How are you guys surviving out there?
1: Well, I gotta put of snow and I'm not going to be driving my car to work in the morning because it's a 4000 pound brick rear-wheel drive with uh, cheap uh, Chinese tires on it and it's not going nowhere in that and that stuff. How about that? We got snow up here in the Canada. Yep. And you, you got a it's a pay va- payday off, right? Uh, I don't know about that yet. Uh, I'll see that on payday, I guess. That's uh, I was told to stay <laughs> home. I am sure I'm sure hoping I'm getting paid for it. I was ready to go.
2: Yeah, and I've got a space about you ten feet from me trying to keep up with all the cold air coming through.
3: I bet it is.
1: Well, blame it on Canada. I mean, it did come from up here, right? the
3: no, came from below
2: us and went up right th- through Maine and then to Canada.
1: Oh, there you go. So, mm.
2: still not as. Bad yeah, if hey, how's the things going on over there? You're not knocked of the woods. out for Christmas, though.
1: Ooh. Yeah, you had you you didn't have internet for what, like a week or something, didn't
2: you? Yeah, internet was out for like eight, nine days. Power was out for about seven. There you go. And of
0: course, and it was the week of jP Christmas, So, How, how's so, weather out your way, JP?
4: Terrible. We got it's terrible. Um, I, I not leave my house for a couple of days. Um, the roads were god awful. I did go out with my dad, but uh he was probably scooping him. Me and my dad could be out, but but it was it was bad. So hey,
0: you're, yeah. you're dealing with with a decent bit of snow over there too, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, like a mountain, a mountain mm-hmm. snow. I
0: just, I just saw something. How good of an idea would it be a, to have a wheelchair accessible uh, dog sled team?
2: Oh. It'd be funny, that's for sure. <laughs>
3: that would be. That would be crazy.
0: Meanwhile, all, they're all dealing with uh, with all that snow. Then, what do we got? Mush, mush.
3: <laughs> yep, mush and rain.
0: <laughs> mush, rain, and icy roads. Really, cold. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't know if you guys have. Heard some uh, some some of the rumblings amongst the NASCAR community. Uh, every pun intended on on your name there, rumble. Uh, but some people have been listening to the podcast, and NASCAR did something that's kind of got them rumbling a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but the Bushlight Clash uh, for the for the Saturday uh, set of events. It, <laughs> It makes no sense. It, it, they they have fans banned from the facility for Saturday. Of course, it makes only no st- sense. They posted ticket sales for only Sunday.
1: Right, but of course, it makes no sense. They took that to there to the to me. It's a it's that's an exhibition race, and you're gonna close it down to the exhibition on on the. It, it just makes no sense. NASCAR did this like let's bring it to the masses in a new in a new environment, and they're like, no, you can't come today. Makes makes zero sense to me. Someone if A someone could explain it to me, I'd love to, to hear it.
0: State, to our grade A attraction just not this day.
1: Right. Especially and when we're out there. And that just makes no sense to me. If well, somebody explain it to me how it makes sense. Not because it doesn't awesome.
4: toes, but but NASCAR what are you doing? I mean for pigs. You have made a mountain out of a marble, hole. and not giving us access is the one thing to do. G- guys, I want to get your guys' opinion. I think this is a Scott and that called going hill with the before-mentioned screaming platform they're going to in a couple of years and I think that this not having access deal on Saturday like you're talking about there, Jamie
1: I, I I'd, I'd like to retort
4: on that part as I, you know
1: I I don't think streaming is is a bad idea for NASCAR to go. Give 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 me the option to pay for a streaming pass for the entire season, and it covers everything, front to back, all the races, all the qualifying, all it just give give me all access. And yeah, I'd pay good money for that. Um, yep. This this is just a I don't know. It's it's a
0: it's a good business decision.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah exactly. If they give the Mexican series. A lot of attention then it'll be worth it but
2: yeah
3: yeah you're still losing out on people who could be actually seeing what they're doing and giving people access that don't normally see it
0: yeah right and the the one thing i was going to touch on is like all all every single heat race on it has been moved to saturday and the reason why it was moved to saturday is because of the uh, the Mexico series race being part of the Sunday uh, exhibition uh, for, for everyone to see. So I don't know if it was just that the fact that the, they didn't, the the, that the stadium itself uh, had like something in the contracts where they didn't, where they only allowed them up for the one day to have people show up or if there's something underlying going on. But I mean, on one side you miss out on the heat races, but on the other side you get two full races you get the actual clash and then you also get the Mexico series race
2: and you still get the LCQ. So no drivers will technically be eliminated until fans are available to actually be in the stadium. So like, for example, if you're a chase Elliott fan, um, chase Elliott, there's zero chance he gets eliminated before, um, fans are allowed in because the LCQ is also happening on that Sunday.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, uh, well, Ben. What, what's your it... thoughts on it? Because so, we kind so... of oh, go ahead, Ryan.
2: Yeah. So my opinion on it, for the most part, though, is unless you have something in your contract with the LA Coliseum saying that you can't have people in there, like you can't have a, you can't have spectators in there both days. Why not sell extra tickets, even if it causes a point two percent less? Uh, viewer experience, or some people go for just one day and decide not to come back for the main event the next day, sell the tickets. There is very little reason to, to keep people out that are have traveled there, potentially from across the country, to see the race.
3: Right,
1: That's. but that's I, the whole point. Right. Was the whole point of not bringing it to the Coliseum was to, to bring it to a new group okay. of people and like I said, to literally close people out when they're actually out racing and doing whatever at, at all of our local tracks, you, you you can go see the whole thing, you, the qualifying, the everything. You're not you're not told that you can't be in there on that day. It's just doesn't make sense.
0: And I know last uh, not last week, but the week before, uh, we we kind of touched touched on the clash and all the pros and cons of the clash. And I was a big supporter of the clash compared to everybody else, but. At this point, let's let's I, I, I'll I'll hop on board with you, Rumble. Let's just bring it back to Daytona. Let's get that tradition of just gearing up for high speeded uh, nose to bumper interaction. And Absolutely. Just keep it keep just keep it all at Daytona as a, as the hype up. Absolutely. Well, does California not have any other racetracks?
3: Like, do they not have an actual racetrack in California anymore?
0: They had auto. No.
3: I-
1: yeah, I've, heard, I've heard. people talking about many different tracks where they they could be doing that. But um, what I'm saying is the Coliseum is it's just it's not the right fit. It's not showing off the cars what they are. The, you, you know what I yeah. mean. It's just it's too small.
2: I think it doesn't honestly, show what they what can About do. Las Vegas Motor Speedway, I mean, you get the you still get a big. I mean, it's not quite as close to a big city as the Audi Coliseum, but it's a big Honestly, market be... and it's a track where the cars perform probably at or near their best in the right 70s. that that's
3: that what i'm road, saying
2: that or a road
3: course in las vegas
2: yeah i mean if you could get the right to use that uh, the same vegas street course that the f1 cars use yeah that would be cool
1: I feel yeah. like I feel like the dedicated fans would would watch a road course race for that for the Clash, but I I feel like that's not it, it's supposed to be a spectacle, right? Like yeah. We're getting ready to go to Daytona. Let's just go to Daytona and get ready for Daytona like we always did. let just why why do we have to change everything that may not be for the better, in my opinion?
2: But the problem with Daytona, and if you remember back to the Clash in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, the last two years, I believe it was on the oval. I mean, it was essentially a practice session before turning into a demolition derby in the final two laps. I mean,
1: right. nobody really
2: right. raced.
1: You're crash. right; it's a practice. But it, what's wrong? It, it's a practice session. We're coming. We're getting ready to go to the five hundred in weeks, right? What is it? Two weeks after that, that we're getting ready to go to the five hundred. Yep. It's just to me. It's it's yeah. it's always been that. I'm I'm a fan. Of, I've been in this for thirty years, watching it. Like I'm just. It's. There's nothing, There was nothing wrong with the Clash. Why are we taking it to the Coliseum? It's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Again, it's, it's, it, seemed, it seemed like a novel idea the first time. And now I think it's just, it's lost its luster, I guess I would say.
0: Well, I, uh, if we're talking about like California tracks, one track that I would love to see NASCAR go to, which I think is odd uh, that I, I can't think of time that they went there, would be the would be weathertech raceway in laguna seca.
4: Hmm.
0: if you know how that if you google search laguna uh, seca that track it is track. It's, cab, it's cab, a, it's a big track with a lot of straightway speeds but then it also gives you uh, some of the road course action yeah uh, just, it gives you big road course action
2: act on that road course with all up and down and the corkscrew in i'm with
1: ryan i'm with ryan the corkscrew down there are those cars even going to be on their tires anymore they're going to be on their on their bumpers at both ends right That that's that's it's can't say
0: that one make for great racing though
1: <laughs> it would be entertaining i guess yeah uh, here they I come read. in the corkscrew, and they all skid off the track because they got no tires on the ground.
2: Yeah, and then you have a repeat of uh, <laughs> the tw- of uh, which year was it? Was it Circuit of the Americas where everybody was just piling? In? Or no, no, um, Charlotte Roval the first year when they all went piling into turn one. Probably the best. Oh, I hate first.
3: the Roval. Yeah,
0: then, then, then they got used to the Roval, and then now look at it. Yep, they're, they're managing to keep all their tires on the ground, so they could always go there.
1: Possible. It would be entertaining.
0: That would, that would be an entertaining exhibition then, instead of doing it at the Coliseum.
1: Right. And just exactly. put all the cameras down at the corkscrew because that's where it's going to be really fun. Because <laughs> that's it's my boost take thing with sales road course races now that
2: I've actually been to a road course race in person is that it is hard to see. the Like, you only get to see a portion of the action based on where you're sitting.
0: That's why I, the only road Absolutely. course I would really like to go to would be the Roval because, you know, you can see everything.
2: I mean, I was at – so that's the one road course I was at and – I still had a hard time seeing everything. I mean, I could see a decent portion of it, but...
1: I've yet to be to a cup race, and I promise you I wouldn't spend money for tickets for a road course. I'm, I'm going to where it's proper. I'm, I'm going to a oval track where I can see everything, so...
2: Yeah, and that's why I like the idea, actually, of doing it at a short track. Now, the LA Coliseum, I would like to see them expand it to, other, to a different potential stadium, but, yeah. Regardless, that's not the... Topic at hand, I don't think it's more about the I, fan access or like thereof. That, yeah. I've, but
0: that, I think that, we're, that, we're all that, you're in right, you're right. Yep, and we're all, we're all in agreement too. It's it's a dumb decision by NASCAR. One, they lost out on more profit off the ticket sales, but two, uh, it it just contradicts everything that they are trying to accomplish. And uh, yeah. that's what's got all of us here at the Lap Down Podcast. And ninety five percent of the rest of NASCAR fans, uh, all rumbling a little bit as we're gearing up towards the beginning of the season. Uh, we, I, I guess, you would call this the first flat tire of the season. There you go. Yep. But agreed. Transitioning from from that, uh, Legacy Motor Club is now part of Team Toyota for for the twenty twenty four season and beyond, and. This is going to be sparking a couple firsts. Uh, We're going to be seeing Jimmy Johnson running nine races in a Toyota. We're going to see the infamous 43 in a Toyota.
1: In a Toyota, absolutely.
0: One, that's going to look hella weird. It's going to look really weird seeing that 43 car that – Everyone has grown to love. It's and so I icon- Talking about tradition, it's so iconic. an iconic car, now yep. changing face and having having it powered through Toyota. Um, we'll we'll get into like the weird weird weirdness factor of that in a bit. But Ryan, go ahead and kind of give us some insight as to what led to this change from Chevy to Toyota.
2: All right, so what ultimately led to this decision for uh, Legacy Motor Club to leave Chevy and go to Toyota, ultimately according to what, because um, they went and put out a, a, uh, article and a statement saying that, that they were leaving and then an explanation as to why they were leaving, and um, the specific uh, term uh, that they used was that um, that the, uh, CEO of Legacy Motor Club said that they felt like um, or that they would consider that the way they were treated was at the level that this person would consider a tier three team, meaning less resources, less access to data. And ultimately, it comes down to the fact that Chevy's got a lot of eggs and a lot of baskets. I mean, they got the track house and spire programs that are building, 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 especially. Absolutely. Absolutely. With how many uh, eggs even uh, Trackhouse is trying to get their you know, hands on. Then you've got the Hendrick Motorsports crew, which is developing a lot of data, but they also take a lot of resources out of that Chevy group. Then you've got the RCR. You've got Dylan and Kyle Bush who need data. And then you've got, behind them, you have... Um, then you've got Colleg and... Legacy Motor Club and all those other Chevy teams were just fighting for the scraps that are left over after all the bigger teams come in and sc- scoop them up. Now, so if we a- were to
0: create our, if we were to create our own tier system, Ryan, yep. How would you? Where would you tier the the NASCAR teams based off of the twenty twenty three season?
2: So I would probably put Hendrick Motorsports absolutely at the top if we're talking about just Chevy teams. Hendrick would absolutely be the top. Then that B tier, if we're saying A B as kind of the top of the tier list, um, A tier would be um, Hendrick Motorsports. B tier would be where I would put both, um, where I would put both RCR and Trackhouse. Um, and then I would also include in like the Trackhouse affiliate team there with Spire. Um, and then I believe after that, if I'm not mistaken, I think it would just be uh, you would throw in uh, Legacy Motor Club and colleague racing into that next tier, and then below that would be the um, uh, the BJ McLeod car, which ultimately ended. Oh wait, no, they switched over to Ford. Never mind.
0: Yeah, I think you're you're spot on that, Sethman. Uh, that's how I had it written down.
2: Yeah, trying to remember um, if there's any other Chevy teams, because I feel like there's one more Chevy team I'm just completely forgetting.
0: Aren't you
4: forgetting the uh, 43 from last year?
2: I said Legacy Motor Club and Collig would be in that third tier.
4: But oh, okay.
2: Because I said Hendrick in the top tier above all the other Chevy teams. Then you would have a split between the. Uh, Trackhouse Racing Chevys and the um, and the uh, uh, Richard Childress Chevys. Oh, I completely forgot JTG Doherty Racing, who would probably also be in that third tier.
0: Yeah, so it's safe to say that third tier is kind of like what's left. Yeah. But and when we're looking at performance, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy guy and... Um, oh, and then for, you've got like, the part like When I saw this Beard article come out, it's, it's that.
2: Uh, And then you would have like the part-time teams, like Beard Motorsports and uh, uh, TMT Racing, who'd be even further, who would be in that fourth tier, even below the yeah. uh, full-time teams. But
0: yeah, and me personally, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, but uh, when when you when you look at this article, it could. Sometimes when you see these things, it could just be people taking shots at the at the other carrier, just as, just to put a little jab on them because of them being disgruntled. But when you look at how oh, Petty Petty's team looked, and then when Jimmy Johnson finally got there and they switched it to Legacy Motor Club, it 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 does kind of back up what he's saying. There, it just seemed like they weren't really like, top tier cars. Like they were never really in the mix in any race. They were always fighting to be in the top twenty. Uh You may get them on a good on a good day, surviving on a super speedway. But yeah, now, if I'm wrong, but to an but extent, it,
2: though, it, I mean the, the, the data
0: kind of backs up that they didn't really have the best performance.
2: Yeah, and I mean that had been that they, way for a little while now. That. But the uh, Petty team. I mean, even when they were Petty GMS, I mean, they never really performed much above the level that they've been at for the last two or three years.
4: Yeah. They, you know, it, I said this a couple weeks back, it all boiled down to good teammates, good crew keeps, And I mean, they could have a manufacturer's manufacturer support. I mean,
0: I think the he, manufacturer support is the, the main the main thing. Like, if you if everybody's operating off of the same equipment, operating off of the same information, and it's getting the same amount of support, then you'll probably see a balance amongst their group. But in this case, uh. They're talking about a three-tier system and you, the the performances that you see if you date back to the past five years all support it. Hendrick is constantly consistent. RCR is most of the time consistent. The the, the quick start and consistency that track houses uh, started putting on the on the tracks has gotten a lot better. And in doing so, you just really started seeing uh, a declining Petty enterprise and a uh, legacy motor club. Struggling to get into the top twenty, uh, Ben. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know. If ben is trying Mike's to talk, but like he's muted, or if
2: he's got something going on elsewhere. But I'll, I'll <laughs> chime in again.
0: Oh. My bad. I had muted. Right.
3: I I don't know. It just feels like they've been mediocre since what mid two thousands probably, and they haven't had a real. They haven't, had a real, they haven't had an actual driver, really. Bubba Wallace, eh, he's okay. So they he's had hot. Amarola for like five years or so, but... He's not amazing. I mean, they thought Bubba Wallace was going to carry the team. You can't just have him carry the team. It, was, it wasn't It was Eric Am- Amarola on the team at one point or something. Yeah he, yeah, he was on the team for like
2: five, six, seven years there.
3: Yeah, it just seems like they tried to focus too much on Bubba and they didn't give him anything to use. And... He moved on to a different different race team, and it seems like he's doing the same thing, just average. I just feel like it could be the, it could be just the equipment, or it could be the drivers they have. I mean, who knows? It could be a little bit of both.
0: Well, well just a, let's look on the flip side now. Now, what what kind of expectations can we have from Lazy Motor Club uh, now being powered through Toyota, and I, from what they're saying is now getting. Uh, more support than they ever did from Chevy. What do what would we what would we consider as a win for 2024 for, from Legacy? For me, Finish in the top
3: 15 in points at least. Yeah,
2: I think that t- I think those expectations top 15 in points I think is fairly lofty. I think them going from barely scraping by for top 25, I think if they just inch towards that top 20, I think that will be a pretty major improvement. Maybe one car battling in towards that, uh, trying to point their way into the playoff, but I think it's going to be very tough to see both cars go from outside the top 25 to inside the top 20 or top 15 even.
4: Yeah, I mean, you... You look at the guy which they have this year, they have John Henry cake and,
0: and Eric Jones.
4: And Eric Jones. And it's, it's like, for me, it's what have you done for me lately? And those two haven't worked together yet. Uh, as far as being on the same team. So, I mean, I'd love to see them have a fantastic year and make the playoffs, but I just don't see it from both cars.
2: I could see Eric Jones potentially getting uh, doing well at the uh, Darlington race to end the regular season because that is now the regular season finale. I could see that being the um, a potential way for Jones to get in to either win that or be within striking distance going into Darlington, but I think it's going to be an uphill battle for either one of those cars to be in playoff contention by that point. Barring
0: yeah, end end. I, I think Eric Jones has has the the highest odds. Um, and. The thing is, I, I I don't think it's as lofty as you're expecting it to be to be top fifteen in points. Um, and the only reason why I'm bringing that up is, uh, when you look at twenty three eleven, they were they are kind of like the, the the newest team on board with Toyota. Yep. They they, they had in their first season, they, they had at least one driver in the top fifteen.
2: No, in the was, next season. I say their first season, they got dri- I think they got a driver into the top twenty, but they didn't get a driver into the top fifteen. In twenty three 11s first season, because first season they had Jeff Bubba, and he was like twentieth, twenty first in points.
0: Gotcha. I may have mislooked at it, but even though, even then. Like as a new team getting the resources compared to what Bubba Wallace had been doing uh, from the forty three, it was still an improvement.
1: You and know what would be a now, proper legacy? That- a proper legacy would be uh, if Richard, if Dodge came back to NASCAR racing and Richard Petty's team, because it's Richard Petty's team, that's how this all started. Went back to Dodges. That that would be legacy shit.
0: And get that get that Rebel Racing uh, sponsorship.
1: There, there you go. I don't know my two cents again. Uh, that I don't care. Richard Petty's racing team means nothing. That they're they, they amount to almost nothing at all to, compared but, to everybody but else. What so. I,
0: but what I was getting at is Bob Wallace comes from Richard Petty Racing and steps in with twenty three eleven. Okay, in, his, in their first year with Toyota, he has. A career best in points. Then follow it up to last year, where they are supporting two drivers, and both uh, Tyler Reddick and Bubba finished in the top ten in points.
1: Fair enough. So, yep. Fair enough.
0: I think this, I think this is going to be a great move in the long run for Legacy Motor Club, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that top 15 would be a lofty expectation. Considering the talent that Eric Jones has, I think Eric Jones is a better driver than Bubba Wallace if you put him in the same equipment. Um, I,
1: I, I would agree me, with you wrong. there. No, I, I would agree with you there. I believe he is as
0: well.
4: Yeah, so. I I agree. And before we move on, I have one thing i could like to say. Oh.
0: Hold on, Ryan. Um, do you agree or disagree?
2: So, Again, the only thing I would worry about is, in addition there is that I still think that Toyota has a tiering system in terms of the support. And I don't necessarily know if the level of support that they'll get will be enough to rise them necessarily right immediately above or to the level that 2311 was. Because remember, 2311, their first year that they got a car in the playoff, or in the owner's playoff, it was... With the hands of Kurt Busch for that entire first half of the season. I mean, you had Kurt Busch there putting up great results in that, yeah, you know, forty-five car.
3: Very true. I agree. That's it's, very uh, but
2: true. 100%. 100%. At the same time, Bubba, what three years to get into the playoffs with a car that he actually drove the full season? versus yep. looking at a talent like, because Kurt Bush is, I think we can all imagine he's probably a first ballot Hall of Famer, if not at least a, a Hall of Famer.
1: Dude, I, you know, guaranteed first ballot. Guaranteed first ballot. I'm, yeah, I'm, so I'm actually one, a fan of him. One
0: the few drivers that actually made the machine better and not the machine making the driver better.
2: And then you look at Tyler Reddick, who was coming off of, what, a three-win season the year before he came into that team? I mean those are both drivers I would say that can elevate the equipment so to see them getting the instant success after uh, coming into a team who had already spent one year starting the the kind of process of building speed I, I still think but it's also at be the same time
0: thing. we're it's they're also operating at an even playing field with the new with the new build of the of the uh, Toyotas so even though they had previous year data, um, all, all, the, all the Toyota teams are going to kind of be learning at the same time. And again, that's why I, I look at, like I don't expect them to be competing with a, with the 2311s of the world. But if you look at just overall driver talent, I think Eric Jones, powered by a Toyota, with, given the information and uh support with the equipment and being able to actually have a decent car for him to, to drive. I don't think it's a lofty expectation for him to get into the top 15 in points. We're looking at uh, top 10 finishes. No, don't necessarily have to win any races looking at some um, top 15, top 20s at the worst. So the way I, I, so
2: the way I look at it when I'm talking about, people and where i think they'll finish in points i mean just looking at his competition in the toyota house let's say that yeah uh, because we're going to probably f- focus on eric jones because i think john Hunter Nemechek check it's going to take him time to reacclimate to the cup car especially Correct. with how different Correct. the next gen car is so we'll focus on eric jones for the scenario because he's been racing the next gen so he um <clears throat> he might be able to outpoint bubble walls which would put him as what the sixth best Toyota on the team, if you look at the Toyota as one team there, because I don't know if he'll be able to outpoint Ty Gibbs on the mothership. Uh, Tyler Reddick is bringing a ton of speed. The other three Joe Gibbs cars, we talked about them a lot last week. That's a lot of speed, and that would put five cars ahead of him already. Then you factor in three three cars from Team Penske. Probably at least two of them end up ahead of him. Hendry Motorsports probably gets two or three cars ahead of him as well, and it just starts pushing that kind of expectation further and further down, barring an injury from um, Elliott or barring that Bowman actually doesn't get back to form. Because that's two more cars there. Then you got...
3: No more snowboarding accidents, please.
2: Yeah, then you've got, even looking further down, it's like Chastain. He probably will... He's probably above the level of Eric Jones in that tw- in that 43 uh, car. And you just start. Yeah, but I mean, you don't have to deal the with this. the likes of
0: Kevin Harvick, though.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Kevin, Harvick, Kevin not Harvick being there will definitely open up a spot. But then you've got potentially I think, uh, Suarez or Cindric bouncing back after off years in 2023. Because, I mean, it's not like Cindric's uh... in a bad car and could bounce back.
4: Why we're why on that topic? Who who? What guy do you think will have the biggest bounce back? to You?
2: I think that's gonna be a topic for another time because that's gonna be a long list of people that we could potentially talk yeah. about. So we'll save that for another episode. Yeah, that's some, we
0: we can we can save that for a couple of weeks from now when we get towards uh towards the five hundred. Uh, that that's a good topic, JP. Uh we'll we'll definitely hit on that. Um but uh we'll we'll use this as a good enough time to now we're gonna make the transition to the world of IndyCar. Uh so for the twenty twenty four season, IndyCar will have a seventeen race schedule uh for the twenty twenty four and they will open at the St. Petersburg, Florida uh racetrack. Uh Going into this season, Alex Pelot is the favorite uh, to reclaim the title as IndyCard champion, but he will be presented with the challenge of becoming the first repeat champion uh, since 2011. The last one to do that was Dario Franchitti, who won the championship from 2009 to 2011. So talking about... Uh, four years of dominance. Uh, I don't know if you guys did any uh, research on the matter, but who would you think would be a uh, favorite to win the championship or any car coming this year in 2024? And this is our W energy super way too early bowl predictions. And we'll start off with JP.
4: All right. So, I was pro, I think, we'll win the championship just because I've seen him race and because, the And they always seem to talk about him. He always seems to be out the front, battling for wins. And like I bet, yeah, that kid has six wins this year.
0: Six wins, huh? Six wins. Mm.
4: So, with huh. those wins, I don't know how many <laughs> you get their points.
2: It's a full season championship
3: is how they do their points. <laughs> yeah, they don't do a tiered they don't do a thing at the end where it's like a playoff.
2: Yeah.
4: No. <laughs> I didn't think it did but I didn't no. Yeah. That's kind of All right. um, That's
0: what you're thinking? Uh yep. Ben. What do you think you got? Uh, ben is muted again. I'm here. Who you, so who, who is who's your who's your way too early bowl prediction for 2024 NASCAR uh, not NASCAR IndyCar champion?
3: I I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But I had it. I was looking at it earlier, but I'm gonna go with the guy who was already a champion before previously. Alex Palau. <laughs> uh yeah. I, I don't know too much about IndyCar. I don't watch it much anymore. Like I used to. But I feel like he's probably gonna be the one that's gonna be the guy to beat. It used to be Yeli what was it, Yulio or whatever his name is? He used Elio, to be really yep.
0: good, but Yes,
3: I don't think he's gonna do anything. He used to be good, but we racing H the five hundred this year. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I guess age caught up to him probably. He, was, being, he is
2: forty seven now, I believe. If you're asking me about out. my
1: opinion of IndyCar, I couldn't tell you anything. I don't watch IndyCar i uh, watch I'll give it uh, five occasionally, maybe a race or two a year. All right, Ryan.
2: All right, so I've got a couple of names that I was kind of looking at ahead of time. I was actually looking at potentially Pelo's teammate there, Scott Dixon, potentially for a championship. I believe that would be championship mm-hmm. number seven there for him, if he is able to claim it. <laughs> Add to that list of seven-time motorsport champions across the leagues. I mean, you got three of them in NASCAR. Lewis Hamilton, I think, is at seven F1 championships. So, add to that list with Scott Dixon. But I could also see. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go for a little bit more of a bolder pick, you could go with the other Scott from New Zealand and go with Scott McLaughlin, who finished third in points last year despite only managing one win. Driving for Penske, I could see him potentially having a breakout year.
3: I was looking at the Mount Gofflin guy. Is he related to a guy from
2: NASCAR? Uh, I don't think so. I think think it's kind of just a common name for people from New Zealand, similar Uh, to how, for example, in America, there's a lot of Smiths or a lot of such-and-such a name where like, you'll have, like, oh, yeah, there's yeah, for, 500 Smiths in the world
0: or in the U.S. Yeah, I think both of those are uh, good options, and I would not be disappointed, to say the least, if either one of them uh, claimed the championship. But there's at least one name that we got to bring up when we're talking about early favorites, and that's Joseph Newgarden. Joseph Newgarden has been operating on a level of consistency that is kind of scary. Uh Going back to 2022, uh, in 2022, he won an uh, IndyCar Series high of five races. So giving him uh Series high of uh, nine races since the 2022 season began. But he's one of those guys to, uh, who had a dominant season but did not win the title. And I think since then, that has kind of lit a fire under... Under him and his team to get a championship, and uh, I think that stems into twenty twenty four. Another thing to kind of look at would be uh, uh, Will Power. He's he's a guy who seems like he's been in any car for forever, uh, but he's got he's he he went winless in 2023 for the first time since uh, 2006.
3: What I like is the top two guys are Ganassi team members. And I think that's pretty, that's a really good team right there. They're going to be hard to beat.
2: Yeah. And then there was all the drama with Palo last year where he was potentially suing. He was trying to sue Ganassi to try and get out of them. And then ultimately he doubled back and decided to go back to Ganassi after trying to see Will, them
1: Willpower didn't oh. win a race last year cuz that's actually a name I know very well that guy's
0: like nope. yeah, dominator isn't he, he won isn't a championship
2: he? in 2022 but he went winless last Damn.
0: year Wow yeah so i think i think that i think last year put a bitter taste in his mouth and you're you're going to see a different side of willpower come come uh, this year and then the last one would be Pato Award with uh Aero McLaren uh, that that team is a team that is on the upcom up and coming because uh, you got you had Pedro Ward, uh, you had uh, last year uh, Alexander Rossi, who is another uh, guy who is always seeming to be in the top ten. And then uh, what I like is this will go into our uh, final topic. He um, it includes some uh, some potential uh, breakout stars within the IndyCar realm. Uh, and this was uh, presented to us by our, our dear friend, uh, John Koblenz. He is our social sports pad uh, journalist. And in, in his article, he named uh, three drivers to look out for for the 2024 season. And the first one would be David Malakis for Arrow Ma uh, McLaren. Lucas. Lucas. He will be driving the the Arrow McLaren number six car, joining Alexander Rossi and Pato Award. And as a team that is on the up and coming with with uh, youth and uh, some strong performances from those two drivers, uh uh, I guess I'll kind of go to Ryan since everyone else isn't as keen on IndyCar. Uh, what are some expectations that you have of David?
2: Alright, so Malucas has spent the last couple of years, um, his first couple of years in the series, driving for Dale Coyne Racing, which is a much less funded team. Kind of, They, they usually end up picking drivers based on who can bring the money. Now he's going to have the full arsenal of Aero McLaren to back him up, so I would expect to see a uh, step up, probably win his first Indy car race. is just hard to predict because now you have three real championship contenders all right in that building. That it could be a fight for the attentions for like the number one or the best equipment on that team. Because I know that was the thing with Rossi at Andretti for years was that he was it always felt like he was trying to fight to get the number one equipment away from some of the more veteran drivers of that
3: team. Well, Andretti always was the best. So he's always going to fight for the best.
2: Yeah, exactly. And especially with McLaren being also being involved in formula one, where giving better equipment to one driver than another is a very common practice. I wouldn't be shocked to see them potentially do a similar approach with their IndyCar program and try and basically use the drivers to measure up
3: against each other. Do, does IndyCar also mm. use the, uh, the, the, that, uh, feature, the EV boost or whatever it's called? Uh, the push to, push pass. to pass? Yeah, do they use that too? Yeah, they use push to sure. pass. Okay.
2: Um, not the same yeah. as the DRS that the F1 cars use, it's different, but, Okay. They both have a form of allowing cars to help overtake.
0: Nice. Okay. But they also have different uh, blocking rules as well. So push to pass is kind of needed with their, uh, with with their uh, restrictions when it comes to blocking and things like that.
2: Yeah. Well, and the blocking rules are in place because you can't make a late block and just uh, potentially break someone's car. Yeah. Because of how fragile yeah, the cars it's, are.
0: I was going to stay that's, out that's of this another conversation. That's reason why they have the push to pass is because of the fred, f- fragile aspect of their cars and the blocking aspect.
1: Oh, that's bullshit. Um, um, I was going. I have to chime in on this. Push to pass is silly. It should be wide open motors all the time. Does do you, you don't get any extra push to pass into just wide open motors all the time? Again, just my opinion, but I think it's silly. I, I I I hate it. I think it's like a weird gimmick that doesn't work for me at all.
2: And I say, but with the IndyCar series, where they were having a lot of trouble create trying to find a way to write rules that were both safe for the drivers, but also allowed for the cars to be able to pass each other. Um, the push to pass hasn't uh, been exactly terrible at doing at least the job that it's supposed to.
0: Yep, I agree. Um, I I don't think you're you're too far. I don't think you're wrong in in your your assessment, uh, Ryan. Yep. And the 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 next two names I'm going to bring up to you are both with Chip Ganassi. So not only do they have Alex Below, not only do they have Scott Dixon, but now they have two young up and comers. Uh, the first I'm one is Linus Lundqvist. But... I'm basing off of the two that I'm going to be bringing up. Okay. Uh, so the first one is me, uh, Linus Lumquist. Lundqu- yep. I always mispronounce that last name. But he is taking over the number eight uh, Chip Ganassi car from Marcus Erickson, who is moving on.
2: Yep.
0: And we're, we're talking about a, a team that just knows how to get it done and you pair him up with Marcus Armstrong, who is coming into the number 11 Chip Ganassi car, uh, yep. as the two that I'm thinking that that's going to have the most impact when it comes to uh, young talent. When you're pairing them up to, together, uh, I mean, the Erickson almost won the Indy 500 last year. Yep, it had not been for the uh, one lap some, some, an time. Yep, yep, and it's it's definitely, and he would. They they just have a knack for the the big races, and you part pair that up with the knowledge and the mentorship that is Alex Pullo and Scott Dixon. Uh, I think they're saying these at least these two out of the three up. Yep for a big future of success. So my question to you, Ryan, is out of the two, who do you think would have the better uh, chance of becoming the breakout star for Chip Ganassi?
2: Um, Okay, so looking at these two specifically, I would probably lean towards Marcus Armstrong where he ran a significant portion of last year versus Linus Lindquist, who's coming in as as pretty much a true rookie. Yeah, he's going to have a lot less experience in these big Indy cars compared to Armstrong. So I think at least in the early portion of the season, I think Marcus will start off, will get off to an early lead over his two te- his two rookie teammates. And then I think as the season goes on, I think you'll start to see both Linus Lindquist, Lundquist and Kiffin Simpson both um, driving Ganassi cars this year close that gap over yeah. as they go through the summer but i think marcus armstrong will still end up the highest
3: in points of the three where's Lundqvist from because i've heard that name before uh he's from sweden what what did he race in another series
2: uh he raced in the, uh next last year i believe he was the indy next champion last year
3: okay that name sounds familiar though
2: Yeah. Uh, Otherwise known as Indie Lights, and he took part in pretty much the entire road to Indy. So, <laughs> but um, going back to a point that you made though about uh, Chip Ganassi being, yeah, you know, good at these big races. They haven't actually hadn't they haven't won the Indy five hundred since twenty twelve was the last time Chip Just, Ganassi actually won the stat. Indy five hundred.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that, that's a that's a shocking stat uh considering like they, they always seem to be in the mix uh towards the end of those races
2: yeah dario Franchitti in 2012 was their last uh chip ganassi um indy 500 yeah mm-hmm. and say scott dixon only has one indy 500 under his belt that and that one came back in 2008 So yeah, I mean, um, cause yeah, there was like a five year stretch where it was pretty much you had to be an Andretti car, pretty much Andretti or Penske. Yeah, cause twenty fourteen Andretti, twenty fifteen Penske, sixteen and seventeen Andretti, seventeen or eighteen and nineteen were Penske, and then it went to Ray Hall Shank. Oh wait! Oh no. Chip Ganassi won it last year with the uh, Mark, or two years ago with Marcus Erickson. My bad. Yep.
0: Almost came. He came. I remember one, used lap, to be one less than a lap short teams, of winning back to back 500s.
2: Hmm? Penske's. Yep. Pretty good. But yeah, no i I missed oh. I missed Marcus Erickson in 2022. He was all uh, that is a uh, more recent uh, Ganassi. Yeah, I'll win. As, uh, yep.
0: I'm uh, here. I'm an Eric, I'm a Mark, I'm an Erickson fan, because uh, that was my first Indy 500 that I attended, and he was the one that won the race. And with me still being relatively new to IndyCar, uh, I went there with John to watch it, and I told him whoever was going to win that race, that's who I would become a fan of. And I'm I'm actually looking forward uh, to seeing uh, what he's able to do. Uh, with his new team
2: yep Um, yeah so he's driving that number 28 now at Andretti yep Um, and I just want to mention uh, one other rookie on this list for a potential breakout season that people might not see coming but you've got Tom Blomquist who's coming over from the IMSA sports car championship who'll be running the full season for Meyer Shank in the, I believe it'll be the pink number 66 car, if I'm not mistaken.
0: It's going to be impossible to miss.
2: Well, it'll be impossible to miss, aside from the other Meyer Shank car out there that looks exactly like it. Because, <laughs> you know, I so, especially at the Indy 500, where they're going to have the 06, the 60, and the 66. Because uh, Elio will be driving for that team in the 06. But I believe that's yeah. the only other full-time and, rookie on the uh, schedule. It'll be Kiffin Simpson for Ganassi, Lin- Linus, L- Linus Lindquist, and then Tom Blomquist, I believe are the only full-time rookies.
0: And Tom has uh, some significant racing under his belt, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, I, believe he's, I don't know if he actually won a championship over an IMSA, but I know he's been on a very fast team and has been in contention for the Rolex 24 a few times.
1: You probably yeah. don't find yourself in that car if you're not a good driver. That's that's it. You probably don't find yourself sure. in that car, and right?
0: Speaking speaking of the Rolex 24, uh, we will be uh, going into that next week. So that is going to be a topic and an uh, interesting stat line. As of right now, when we're looking at the driver entry list, from the IndyCar series alone, they're expected to have 15 of their drivers involved in the Rolex 24. Which, if that number sticks, make up over fifty percent of the drivers in the in the Rolex 24 coming from IndyCar. And as of this recording, uh, correct me if you if I'm wrong, Ryan. If you haven't seen anything pop up today, but as of this recording, there is no NASCAR drivers uh, representing in the Rolex 24.
2: Uh, I haven't heard anything specifically. Let me uh, see if I can pull up the Rolex uh, entry list real quick.
0: Okay. Because I know in years past, uh, guys like Austin Sendrick, uh and some, some other guys like that uh, have participated in the Rolex 24. Jimmy Johnson but...
2: in the uh, Chip Ganassi car usually has been one of them.
0: Uh, Jeff Warren is uh, driven in it.
4: So while we're on that topic, Good um, a plug um, for next week, I did get an opportunity to speak with a driver that had some fun competing in the war it's coming for. We spoke about that today on my YouTube channel. Go check out that bill, because that was a good interview.
0: We are going to do plugs as soon as we are uh, done with this topic, JP. Oh. All
2: right, let's see. I'm I'm working my way through the cars right now. I have not seen uh, any NASCAR guys yet, although usually they're competing in the lower tiers. Because they're more applicable to the NASCAR Next Gen car than the uh, prototypes are. Yep. But yeah, there's a lot of na- or a lot of IndyCar names though, that I'm seeing on this list. I've seen Christian Rasmussen, who is also doing a lot of the uh, NASCAR or the IndyCar season. No, essentially a rookie, but he won't be running the uh, ovals outside of the Indy Five Hundred. So. That's another rookie to watch out but for. But when genres. I when I look at the
0: Rolex 24, I think IndyCar kind of treats the Rolex 24 as their exhibition race to get their drivers back into the mode of racing before yeah. they start their 17 race season. Um, I don't know, but I think I I I'm I don't know about you guys, but I look forward to the Rolex 24. I enjoy seeing the the variety of drivers and exposure. And uh, I think it's going to be a good time. I I that more than The Clash. So so that's just me.
2: Uh, Andy Lally, I know he makes a bunch of part-time road course starts um, in NASCAR. He's in the Rolex, but this is kind of his normal series and he comes over to NASCAR as opposed to the other way around. Then there's still some it TBAs was, uh... on the uh on the entry list as well. And, gotcha. Um,
0: what about uh, Jensen Button? Is he on there? Yeah, Jensen Button is he in Lama here. With yep. Austin Yeah, Jensen okay,
2: Button so is there's here. I, not, I did not see Cindric's name, but there are a few TBA still. And this was updated as and I'm of sure, uh, today. As the days, so.
0: uh, I'm sure as the days get closer, uh, when teams start needing drivers to fill in, I'm sure we'll see a few pop in uh, here and there. But uh, I think this has been uh, a great a great conversation. Um, I want to thank the Acolyte Project for uh, our theme song. Uh, please check out their album Blood World uh, and on all uh, music platforms. Uh, definitely got some good stuff there. Thank you to Fanatics, W Energy, um, Bulletproof Coffee uh, for sponsoring uh, the Lapdown Podcast. Podcast. Uh, Ryan, what is your what what's your uh, YouTube series that you do? All
2: right, so I got my uh, I got my uh, YouTube channel where I do my uh, series called Running with the Pack, where I talk about the uh, most up to date NASCAR stuff going on in the world of NASCAR and any other uh, ra- relevant racing topics. So. Yeah, check that out you should and have the you know, first episode of that dropping sometime next week <coughs> uh, for the next they can season.
0: find you right on youtube just by searching uh ryan Dyer correct yeah,
2: youtube.com forward slash ryan Dyer and
0: then jp uh, i know you got some uh got some big things uh, in store for your uh for your program as well
4: yeah um bar to publicly announced David Scott is going to be on my program here and has agreed to come on Lockdown Podcast after he's done with me on full follow. So I'm um, sure so you'll That's exciting. be ready to talk to him and and it will be a fun conversation over on my YouTube first and then guy in Darkton to coming over here.
0: Yeah. That, that's going to be really exciting. It's, it's going to be a great week for, for both of us. Um, just for in, in case people don't know, uh, JP's uh, YouTube page is Full Throttle. Um, check, check him out. He's got... He'll have that upcoming star. And you can also look in his back videos with his one-on-one interview with Coach Joe Gibbs. So... He's got he's got some good stuff, uh, over there good as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and don't yeah, forget you got anything going on, uh, with the yeah, uh, don't with the social sports pad podcast on uh, Saturday and Tuesdays.
3: Yeah, I believe we're planning on possibly doing one on a Friday. Um, that's what I was talking to Ricky about earlier. Uh, he's talking about maybe possibly doing an impromptu one on Friday. So, look it's for to one get ahead of the playoffs. Yeah, oh, yeah, to get out of the
0: playoffs, yep. Anybody else yeah. have anything so, else to say? Anything
1: going on uh, in your life, Rumble? I was just, just waiting for my opportunity. Um, so it's uh, dead of winter up here. You may have seen the picture. Uh, there's not a lot of racing going on. We're waiting for speed weeks to come up, and uh, this is on topic and also off topic, but... Uh, uh, we all met each other, probably. I think, kind of, because we raced each other online. Is absolutely. am I am I wrong? No,
0: you're so, right. Uh, you are absolutely
1: so, correct. Uh, so I just want to bring this up. Uh, my rumbling for this week is I sucked ass. I got my ass stomped at Eldora last night in the World of Outlaws. Or yeah, and then uh, did a did an all star race tonight where I finished fifth uh, in the open, where you need to be top three. I just like to say that uh I'm sucking ass this week and uh fucking Darling so you- Darlington sucks. Do you race <laughs> on a world of outlaws? <laughs> yes, I do. I I I joined a league the and you is- know what? You, you know how many people show up? Like 40 of these motherfuckers. They they have like they have really? like all yes, they have like all different series it's, going um, with different chats going for each race, everything. It's it's a totally on different Xbox, right? it, What's that?
3: It's on Xbox, right? The World of Outlaws game. Yes, it right. is. Yes, it is. So, okay. yeah, but uh, it's,
1: it's just. So that's all I can really come up with right now because we're kind of, like I said, it's winter up here and there's not a lot of racing going on. But in my own life, I'm sucking ass, getting my ass, getting my ass stomped at Eldora, and uh, tonight finishing fifth when I needed to finish fucking third. Right. And in. Yeah, yeah, we I'm totally in. Atlanta this week. Uh, tomorrow actually. That's, in the
2: Thomas Cup
1: that's right. That's right. I'm getting ready, ready to race in Ryan's League tomorrow. And I'm just saying it's it, it ain't been the best start of 2024, I'll tell you that, boys. But that's um, all I really got because I think we all met because we raced online, and here we are. And I just wanted to say Rumble sucks. I got stomped at Eldora the other night and finished fifth when I need, finished to need, needed to finish third tonight. And that's all I got. That's all the rumblings I got. <laughs> All right, uh, Brian.
0: Real quick, uh, for anyone who is even remotely interested in checking out our league race, uh, where can they find the stream of the Thomas Cup series uh, that's uh, performed on the NASCAR e Five?
2: So I'll be streaming my POV of the race uh, over on my YouTube channel. As I said at um, at Ryan Dyer uh, or um, YouTube dot forward slash Ryan Dyer. So I'll be streaming. It and there. I gotta
1: give. I got to give a testimonial there. Every almost everybody there is super fast. I'm I'm always like three tenths down, no matter what the hell I do. So I, I, usually I guess, get taken <laughs> out by somebody. Fuck it! It just it is what it is. But that's what I had to say for for my my rumblings this week is that uh, there's not much racing going on. But when I am racing, I've been getting my ass kicked this week. Stupid rumble.
0: <laughs> well. Well, off of that, I would like to thank everybody for uh, hopping on tonight, uh, getting through the kinks. Uh, like I said, uh, Greg was not here, so I kind of had to run the ship. I know it wasn't as fluent as uh, the way that he usually has it. But as for me, as for JP, as for Ben, Rumble, and Brian, uh, I would like to say thank you for tuning in and listening to the Lapdown Podcast. And with everybody saying, wish you have a good night and... Deuces! Deuces! Deuces!